0: thankful for the music that we got to use all this time amen yeah wonderful next time we'll choose
1: what do you mean next time
0: is there a next time
1: we shall wait and see this is yeah. only
0: for gospel well right
1: no it's the gospel's always well
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing a podcast next week oh we are after session 10
1: We just keep on going. This is our regular podcast of the gospel. It's not just tied into the class. Oh, it's not just tied into the class. It's all discussions regarding the gospel and life. But not every week. Every week. No. Yes. No. Yes. Okay, so if you want us to continue with this, send us an email at gospelwell at org. If you don't, just don't send us anything. And if we get nothing... (laughs) <laughs> then we'll, we'll just say, all right, we won't do it anymore.
0: <laughs> and to Bob and Helen Fukumoto, please don't email. <laughs> please. <laughs> no. Do not email. Bob and Helen, thank
1: you for uh, letting us know that you're the only ones who listen to us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're, we're nearing the end of Our Gospel C- Well.
1: Gospel Well, the class. That's right. We have one more week in the session celebration time yes looking forward to it
0: if anybody had memorized all the verses and
1: would like to encourage us i think there's a few out there i'm excited to hear some
0: and it doesn't have to be perfect no no only jesus is perfect but you could encourage us by reciting all 10 and remind us again about mm-hmm. all the things that we learned
1: amen yeah and to share what they have learned and how they've grown through it how they're being sanctified by faith in, in the Jesus. gospel.
0: So as some of the gospel essentials come to mind of how they comforted you, challenged you, and encouraged you, please consider sharing yes. at the celebration dinner.
1: One thing I'm yeah. looking forward to the potluck because usually we have really great food. Usually. Not always.
0: I think potluck at
1: Spring mm-hmm. is good.
0: Has and there bad. ever been a d- bad one? Yes, there, has, there been. has been. There
1: has been. There has been. In fact, one was so bad that a bunch of people left to go get Taco Bell. That's bad. Yeah, when you have to eat Taco, Taco Bell, Bell yeah. you know it's a really bad potluck. Mm-hmm. That's bad pot bad luck. Does yeah. that make
0: sense? so it's not pot luck. It's, it's pot bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what you're <laughs> exactly. saying, right? That's exactly it what I'm saying. took me a few seconds. <laughs> that,
1: no, that's exactly what I'm mean. Pot bad luck. <laughs> we should... We should trademark that phrase. (laughs) That could be a good, like, T-shirt brand name. You know, I know T-shirts are very much at the forefront of your mind right Right now. now. If you didn't know, Fuji is right now working on the Kids Camp T-shirt. I think it's going to be pretty cool. The real question is, will he really master silk screening? So we shall see. Now, if you all see the Kids Camp T-shirt and it is all blurry and blobby and gooey, you could blame Fuji <laughs> That's right But once we master it In
0: 2025 it's
1: Everything's gonna be <laughs> custom. It's, it's revolutionary That's right yeah. We will come up with a gospel well t-shirt
0: We'll be making t-shirts for things that Do not need a t-shirt mm. Like you're the usher mm-hmm. Or media team Yes
1: yeah. Okay so one thing is that I need to make a confession A gospel confession I didn't even tell you this beforehand We Fuji had come up with a design for the t-shirt I know this has nothing to do with gospel well but i figure it's just something that's interesting so fuji had come up with a design for the t-shirt and it was good and so i was just thinking you know what i'm gonna see if i could throw out some possibilities and so i threw out about four or five designs now this is where it gets the interesting part i use e ai to get those designs yes Really?
0: yes wait i don't even know what that is but it's ai
1: the scary part is that i can imagine these things taking over the world, at the very least, taking over jobs like graphic design. So, what did you like put into the search term? The generator. Initially, I said, create a t shirt design for city to city. And it came out, spout out, out some stuff. And I was like, yeah not too great. But then I changed it to create a logo design. What it did was it created a t shirt model and put a design on it. And it wasn't that great. Then I Googled top graphic designers in the world their names oh and then so i changed it to create a logo design in the style of and their name and i would use like five or different, and i just kept on going through it and it would create a design based on their style and it started popping up some decent stuff like things that there's no way i don't have that skill set to design like that and i thought this is incredible Like to do that without me thinking about it all and the design that we're contemplating, which Fuji is now taking it to a new level. You'll see it's actually pretty cool. It's using a base level of an actual designer and then Fuji just adapts it to fit our context. What do you think about that? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I think only Fuji and I really appreciate that. I don't know if any of you actually care about this at all, but for me, I like certain things. And to have someone else do that, wow! Uh, without paying them a, a gazillion dollars, that's the first use of or
0: functional use of AI there
1: that I've ever yeah. used.
0: I've encountered yeah. Yeah, much more directly. Yes, that's cool.
1: So the next one I'm gonna do is uh, preach a sermon <laughs> using AI <laughs> in the actually, style. Last of week, last week was it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, in the I'm style kidding, of what it be in the Mar- style of Tim of Keller. I've actually Tim done Keller. it. So
1: I went to ChatGPT. And I would say, preach a a sermon on grace in the style of Tim Keller. And it's very interesting. I wish I could read it to you right now. Now, what happens is that it actually sounds a little generic. It does have Tim Keller's feel. It uses his vocabulary. Really? Yeah. It's a little bit off in terms of style, but it's not bad. The scary part is some pastor could actually write up a sermon on there, preach it, and it wouldn't be something that you would, as a listener, go. This is terrible. You would probably say, "I don't know if you'd be moved by it at all, but it's not off." So I'm not saying all of you should go out and try to use ChatGPT to, uh, you know, come up with sermons. It's, it's not the same. It really isn't. This is a whole episode, actually. <laughs> if we talk, we could talk about the ethical implications of AI, and
0: if AI became sentient, could it be saved? By no the Gospel <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> well that's
1: like I said that's a whole episode it's the Gospel. <laughs> I think there are some things that are gonna be we're gonna be wrestling within five years that we're gonna have to really there's gonna be some big questions ethical questions there are already, but I think in the, in the church there are gonna be some. You are gonna have pastors probably using AI to preach sermons anyway, sorry total total sidebar there. <laughs>
0: that should be another podcast just sidebars that way the topic was
1: gospel and community or gospel community
0: i have two questions among other questions Mm. if you were to summarize the gospel driving community or the things that we have learned so far in gospel well that fruits into community what comes to mind
1: i have maybe two or three characteristics there's so many one is humility I think there's this idea that if you really know that your righteousness is not because of your own, but because of Christ, then there is no room for boasting, bragging, no attempts to prove yourself or to fight for the approval of others. And that should free you to actually not be so concerned about what people think of you. But if it's in humility, then it's not a, oh, I don't care what people think about me. I'm going to do and say whatever I want. Humility is having the mind of Christ. It really would lead to a humble perspective in all things and caring and loving and sharing, being able to live for one another. I think second is that word love. Love is, as I shared, it's not an emotion. It's uh, so depicted by the word in Hebrew, the word chesed, which means steadfast love. It's translated sometimes loving kindness, in the new testament agape love it's a word that actually is not so easily expressed by english words and it has that covenant idea behind it you know that not in a legal sense contractual covenant although there is that but it's this no matter what i'm not going to give up on you that love Mm -hmm. is what binds our community together it's because that's what god showed us while we were still sinners christ died for us if we use that as the base foundation of love, and then our love is a derivative off of that love, then we will stick through and persevere and be steadfast, just really look to be a blessing, regardless of our return, of what we get in return. I'm so thankful that you
0: pointed that out. Follow-up question is, I don't know if you're going to deal with it in the next session. Mm -hmm. The idea that the Old Testament coveting community who experiences God's covenants has said love and its continuity with the church would you be talking about it in session 10
1: Uh, the next session not necessarily because we're shifting a lot more towards the mission mission yeah not necessarily community i mean i was talking very fast at the end right really could have been two talks maybe three and maybe one with a sort of a good hinge between the two because it is the people of god as his people who go forth to live out the mission of God. The word that so often theologians use, missio dei, the Mm -hmm. mission of God. That's not for individuals, it's for the church. That's a pretty important distinction because I do think that sometimes, as I was sharing this past time, is that we tend to think of our faith individualistically. While there is definitely an individual component, as we're seeing in John 4, John 3, where Jesus encounters the individual, but they always go into community after that. It's not as though the Samaritan woman just simply, it ends with her and Jesus. She actually goes to her village and she tells people, I mean, who knows, they probably formed a church. Nicodemus, he is encountered, and then we see him later in the Gospel of John with Joseph of Arimathea. Probably once Acts comes, then it's the church, you know, and maybe they're enfolded into the church. So in that sense, there is always this, your impact or your salvation is individual, but then God takes that individual and brings them into the body through Christ, empowered by the Spirit to go forth and live out his mission to the world.
0: God never intends to save me, an individual, to be the conclusion, mm-hmm. but he saves to save. A line of people. Whenever he saves one person, it was never just for that one person, but through that person continues the line of the seed of the woman to be saved, to be a blessing to all the nations. Mm-hmm. So I say that as mm-hmm. as a way of dovetailing to what you're you're thinking.
1: What do you think is, in your experience, when you were a lead pastor for seven to eight years, what do you feel as though was the greatest hindrance to gospel community that you experienced? <laughs> I'm right now
0: trying to recall someone like, my. what do you think?
1: <laughs> I asked you. <laughs> no, no. Um. Well, one is very obvious not having the gospel when, again, when you're trying to prove your worth and value and significance based not on what Christ has done, but rather on who you are. Then suddenly everything becomes a self effort. It's very much pull yourself up from your bootstraps try to get this thing going and everyone's trying to feel each other out as well as trying to start things based almost solely on just sheer willpower and personal strength without realizing i feel like it's very easy to use the world's ideas and systems to power things like personal charisma leadership development skills marketing techniques something that paul miller wrote regarding prayer in the praying church that I thought was just so interesting. He said he sets up these prayer meetings throughout the week so often as a ministry they have so many things they have to take care of. I mean, I we both get that and I know all of you do as well. We have so many things throughout the day and he was saying the reason why he actually sets aside times to pray as a team or Even though they have so many other things to do, like in other words, sometimes if they're praying, say two hours or an hour, it's very easy to think I could have used that hour or two hours to do X, Y, and Z. But his whole point is that by setting that time aside, what happens is that you have to trust that the Lord as the one who's going to actually make everything happen. It's not on your own skills and strength and, you know, intellect and experiences and strategies and plans and so our instinct is to think that's what's going to do the ultimate work when it doesn't. It really is the Lord who actually changes hearts and minds. It forces that leadership group, that team, that staff, that unit to say, we're going to trust in the Lord more than we're going to trust in our own strength and power. Prayer is a practical way. I thought that was very interesting. It's like you think that prayer is impractical because the practical thing is to organize, strategize, plan, but prayer is the most practical way to produce the greatest effect because it completely relies on the only one who can actually produce the ultimate result that you want unless that result is not god's glory but your own self-glory when i think of an impediment to gospel community it's self-glory it's wanting my reputation i've experienced that because i've been that person trying to want to grow this church so that i could look good so that people will come to me and say well how did you do this i feel like it's very easy to fall down that road i think that's not just the leadership or pastor but i think a lot of people can fall into that that place. What about you?
0: That just describes me perfectly for seven years of you know solo church planting, waking up Monday mornings thinking I'm a failure because it's all on me, and then thankfully, the gospel kicks in and prayer kicks in. But rinse and repeat self glory, try to preach the gospel, feel like a failure until I took my dad's advice and I will set aside days to pray. Because all those emotional, spiritual struggles, uh, self glory, things are not working out the way they are. I don't have the spiritual conviction or the confidence that comes from the gospel and the Holy Spirit, Jesus. If you take that to not just myself, but to people who are participating, mm-hmm. what they want to see is. Amazing things happen. Gospel preached in such a way that all these, you know, newcomers come. And when they see that, that's like, wow, we're doing something really powerful. When in reality, the gospel wasn't working in their lives to be a welcoming community, to be a truly loving community, transparent community, where if a non-believer came, they would say they love one another because of Christ. Uh, They have this affection for God and have a deeper relationship with God. It's not really the gospel that having created that community. It can just be a tractional ministry that has absolute, very, very superficial fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. One of the questions that came up afterwards is, how do we really practice some of these characteristics? If you were to give people like, okay, you got to build in some things into your Christian life, community life at Wellspring
1: for your continued healthy growth.
0: What do you think? Top three things, top five things.
1: So I think when it comes to actually practicing, it's so much about character rather than about something you do. For example, perseverance. A gospel community perseveres together. How do you practice perseverance except to persevere? And what I find is that if I pray, Lord, please give me patience. You know how the Lord gives me patience? How does the Lord give you patience? Put you next to people who make you impatient. Yes, exactly. If I say, Lord, please help me to be loving, he doesn't answer by surrounding me with these awesome people who are always lovable. He surrounds me with someone who is incredibly difficult to love. And I now have to practice what I know doctrinally, theologically, and then I have to persist in faithfulness, in love, in compassion, in mercy. When you say... Practically, how does one practice a gospel community? It's, I know this is what a gospel community looks like because of who Jesus is and what type of community he has one within the triune Godhead as Father, Son, Spirit, to what he developed here on earth as uh, the head of the church. And my response has to be because I know that to be true, because I know what he's done for me, I'm going to persevere in love and mercy and giving. So the best way to practice gospel community to grow practically in it is to surround yourself with people. And once you surround yourself with people, you're surrounding yourself with sinners. And once you surround yourself with sinners just like yourself, you have to learn how to show grace and mercy and hmm. test your patience and you have to be kind and you have to and as we'll see next week, sometimes it's people you don't necessarily inherently click with or find too attractive or maybe you have to go out of your way you have to go across the street maybe you have to go to the tenderloin maybe you have to go to burundi maybe you have to go to china you have to go to different places all around the world maybe you have to go to an unreached people's group where there's you know mosquitoes dreaded diseases and that's what god is calling you to do and so the way you grow it's definitely not going to be okay patience here are the 10 things you're going to need to do to grow in patience you're going to need to make sure that before you encounter someone who is uh, very difficult to be patient with you're going to memorize these bible verses and you i don't think it always happens that way i think it happens and you encounter someone sometimes you actually sin because you don't love them and then you have to go back and this is what i have to do i go back to what christ has done i i go back to the well that is within me the well of the gospel the holy spirit empowering me to remember what Christ has done for me, then I go reflect on I'm not better than this person. Jesus is far more patient with me than, and I'm totally not worth patience. And so therefore, when I encounter this person, I remember that Jesus was patient with me. And so I'm going to, again, be patient. And I'm going to have to probably reproduce this time and time again. But over time, you will grow, even ever so slowly maybe, but in patience. That's what I would say. I I couldn't think of, I think once you start thinking steps, then the law has become such a big part of what you think actually sanctifies you. And it's not the law. It is the gospel. It is grace.
0: Every church says you got to be involved in XYZ for your spiritual health, especially small group ministry, then presents that as the way of building relationships, community, Once you make it a must-do or a formula, then I don't think it's that effective.
1: Yeah. But the thing is, you have to be involved in a group of people because that's primarily how we are sanctified. So that's there is a value of being a part of a small group in that you're encountering people regularly. I think the great challenge is going to be, can you be in the midst of these people and because of and this goes back to the humility love idea is that if I am humbled by what Christ has done for me I'm not so caught up with trying to project a reputation or some sort of personal strength I will be vulnerable I will share weakness in this small group I will say here's areas of growth for me or I need prayer or I've had a really difficult week or you know, I haven't spent time with the Lord and yeah. because of that I've been irritable towards my family. Would you please pray for me? And so then people say, Yeah, that was me too, or I totally will pray for you and I, I want you to know that I'm right there with you. And see, we think the small group itself, some sort of small group ministry, is sort of the end goal to actually create gospel communion, but it's, it won't produce gospel communion unless the gospel is present and it's being taken in by your own soul. You understand it for yourself and therefore it frees you to be vulnerable, to be open-hearted, to be giving, to be sacrificial. And when that happens, then it really becomes a community that is centered on the gospel. So it's interesting because we can create a small group, but if all we're doing is just literally eating together having a quick Bible study and then going cherry picking and bowling every once in a while. That's not a gospel community. That's a small group. It's a group. It's a group. It's a group that meets regularly, but it's not a gospel centered gospel founded community, but a gospel founded gospel centered community is where every person, or at least those who really get it, because you might have people who are not saved, right? Who are in that. But, every person who understands the gospel is intaking it they have the wellspring of the gospel in their heart and they're drawing from it over and over and over again they're sharing out of it and people are blessed by it they're amazed by it they're they're astounded by it they're broken by it they're weeping over it they're they're freed to share who they really are and that's what the non-christian season says this place is different right versus just going Cherry picking and bowling. and Mm -hmm. I use cherry picking because our gospel community is going cherry picking next week. Sorry. So that's why I have that odd.
0: I'm going to quote Wei Gong, who's in our group. Yes. And he says, he used the word intentionality. That is gospel-driven intentionality, which is to be regularly involved in relationships over time. That's what I think you're talking about. I'm going to say something. Yes. And I want you to elaborate, which is, After Gospel Well, we want you to go back to gospel community or be involved in gospel community Mm -hmm. and do exactly what you just said. Yes. The GC leaders have that agenda of what you just described. Yes. We want the folks who were part of Gospel Well to recognize that agenda of that gospel-driven persistence and transparency, humility,
1: and love
0: and practice that in gospel community. Mm-hmm. Now, could you say that <laughs> better than what I just said? Because I'm like, I can't.
1: You said it really no, well. No, no. Wasn't that part of the idea? Yes.
0: Like, you go through gospel well, and then what do you do afterwards?
1: Out of the gospel flows or springs forth. We love the word spring and well. <laughs> Out of the well of the gospel springs forth. The application, the life, the practice. And the most immediate practice is gospel community. Gospel community. Yeah. So, again, gospel community, these small groups that we have, they're not inherently like you, we started this conversation off with you saying every church has small groups. A small group does not necessarily equal gospel community. But a small group can certainly be a springboard to gospel community if the gospel truly is the center and the people who are a part of it are always drawing from that well of the gospel like regularly yeah. it's something that you have to go back to again and again and the reason why we use the language is that the language reminds us when I mean, we are a literary people we speak we we read we we have words that we think and so to use words repetitively, not, with, not as a cliche, but always remembering that there's, these words are important because they express some realities. When we talk about the word gospel, there is a place sometimes to explain the word gospel again, to not always just say gospel, gospel, gospel. There is a, or maybe to think of other ways we talk about the word gospel. Or instead of saying sin, maybe we do. And this is where Tim Keller, I think, he gets some critique of this but I I actually understand what he's doing is that he doesn't always use the word sin. And so a lot of people critique him and saying, well, you don't believe in sin anymore. And he says, no, I believe in sin. It's just that for some listeners, the word has become so cliched that they don't really understand the word sin. Sin becomes a word of droning. Like you literally, it's the sort of the Charlie Brown teacher effect. It's the wah, 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 wah. You, You don't even hear what it means. You don't think about what it means that's the case with any word gospel identity sin all these words that we use in describing the gospel they have multiple ways of expression and so utilizing them all but still going back to the words gospel sin righteousness identity these are things that i think we have to go back to but we have to use other words joy freedom hope love humility patience mercy kindness so there's many many words that we can use to express the ideas of the gospel but you use them to always go back to the main words again and then you go out and go back and go out i want to say that that's really important because when we meet as a gospel community it's important to not just talk about prayer but to talk about well why does god even listen to our prayers it's because of what christ has done that's an opportunity you know, if we were going to have a talk about prayer in our gospel community, we're going to pray together. Maybe a gospel community leader can say, before we pray, does anyone know why we can be assured that actually God will not only hear our prayers, but want to answer them? And I'm sure people have all these different answers. You could say, you know, those are, they're not bad, but they're not ultimate. What it's ultimate is that it's because Christ gave his life. We're covered with the blood of Christ. We are welcomed into his family, as adopted as sons and daughters, because when God hears us, he hears his son. He's intervening. The spirit, through the work of what Christ has done, that's the gospel. The gospel can be integrated into so many different areas of life. I think parenting, um, the questions that come up, if you point it back to here's what Christ has done that empowers our parenting it fuels it it gives it so much more joy than it's going to make a big difference and it will really bring us back what do you think?
0: you're uh, giving a little hint about future seasons of discipleship <laughs> gospel of spring yes taking the gospel and applying to parenting marriage prayer, prayer personal worship yes. how to read the bible <laughs> how to read the bible <laughs> I really like what you said about How the gospel should drive what a community looks like in GC. We got to practice that more. I think we got to flush that out more. And hopefully, the folks who are participating in gospel well would be a, not a catalyst, but okay, now you are more infused with energy, gospel energy, gospel truth, and that you would
1: be an active participant. Catalyst. I like that word that you used.
0: In gospel community. Yes. Yeah.
1: To bridge people with the gospel and their life. They would be a catalyst for that. And it, to do so creates the best community of all. Quoting David Polson,
0: uh, how do you create a the environment of grace? The only way I know is have people who are growing in the gospel, who want to live it out because of the gospel, in gospel community, and they bring in their humility because mm-hmm. of Jesus in their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bring in love and grace and mercy, and that creates over time you know, as they share and confess to others, that creates a, a community that's not judgmental, open to confessing one to another. Right. I think that's
1: the only way I know. Yeah. I mean, I do think if people were living out the gospel vulnerable because of it, sharing stories of ways that they, I shared this uh, with my small group as I've heard many broken stories of from them and sharing without the shame, you know, where it's, condemnation that flows but rather the thanksgiving that they have the thankful heart because of what Jesus has done. That story told in a redemptive way is something that a non-Christian does not hear. Not only that it's not what you expect if you're going to enter into a church. I think when a non-Christian enters into a church they expect these Christians to be very highly moralistic they never show their weaknesses and sin because they're moral. And so when they enter into a community where it's actually a bunch of broken people just like them who are weak and need Christ. Suddenly they think, wait a second, this is so different than I thought Christianity was. I thought Christianity was everyone was perfect. And I thought you projected that perfection. But in actuality, it's the opposite. We are not perfect, but we worship a Savior who is who gave his life for us. And because of that, we're joyous. Remember, um, I quoted that from Jerry Bridges. I mean, he was saying, basically, to be a joyless Christian, it's, it's such a, it's truly an oxymoron. There's no such thing as a joyless Christian. It shouldn't be. It doesn't mean happy, as in smiling, or. but I do think there is that deep, ultimate contentment, peace, sometimes happiness, but joy in the midst of even sorrows that speaks volumes to the world. That's gospel community. There's so much more to talk about. There is. Uh, uh, for any questions, go to gospelwell at wspring.org, email us, and we will try to answer them. We haven't gotten a, one single question yet. Yes. I'm not saying that we're begging for questions, but we haven't received a question yet. Have a great week.